Welcome back to another episode of The Bisexual Agenda. I'm your host, Kit Scales. Today I'm talking to Emily Metcalf, who is one of the organisers for the Leeds LGBT Plus Literature Festival, which is happening at the moment. It's happening this weekend and everything is online. They have a Facebook page and a website, which I'll link in the episode description, and all their events are happening online on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Emily also runs Leeds Bi Group. She's a kind of famous local bisexual. She does loads of amazing activism. She also does events for Ida Hobbit and International Bisexual Day, which we call Bisexual Christmas. I'll leave a link to Emily's book group as well. The next meeting is on Wednesday the 1st of July and they're talking about one of the books that we are talking about in this episode, which is They Both Die in the End by Adam Silvera. The one after that is Proud by Juno Dawson, which I haven't heard of before. And then September they're doing Mr. Loveman by Bernadine Evaristo which is on my to-read list. I also have a Goodreads. I want to have more friends on Goodreads. I love it. I'm doing my reading challenge and I think I'm on 24 books for this year. And one of the books I've read is Trumpet by Jackie Kay and they're doing that in November. So I will be ready for that one because I really love that book. I'm compiling a list of all the books that people have recommended me and books that I like. And I've put some of them in the episode description. I've also made a list on Goodreads. I've also made a list of just queer authors and I've linked a few articles I found that just had huge lists of LGBT books. I also just want to do a shout out to The Bookish Type. I love them. They are my favourite queer book supplier and it's free UK delivery if you spend more than £20. We love it. They always deliver my books like two hours after I ordered them because they just drive them to my house and it's super sweet. Um, They have some really good stuff on there and they get new stock all the time and they also are really good at recommendations if you're not sure. If you don't have like a specific book in mind but you just want to read something gay. As usual all the content warnings for this episode are in the description and if I have missed anything please message me on my Instagram and I will add that on for you. My Instagram is at the bisexual agenda pod and I am always posting memes about how much I fancy Zac Efron at the moment. If you can't relate I'm so sorry but if you can relate you will enjoy those. Another thing is I am doing a The Bisexual Dilemma Part 2, which will be coming out end of August. I have no sense of time. As you may have noticed, I'm kind of not sticking to my bi-weekly schedule anymore. It's kind of a once a month, maybe an extra one if you're lucky, because we're in a pandemic, guys. Everyone is strugs to funk. If you have a bisexual dilemma and you want me and Olivia to answer it, DM me on Instagram. I'm collecting all the dilemmas. I've got about five so far, so it might end up being a two-parter if I get enough to talk about. But yes, I love you lots. Message me if you have bisexual book recommendations. I hope you're having a delightful weekend and let's get on with the show. Emily, welcome to the Bisexual Agenda. I'm sorry it took me 10 years to set this up. <laughs> That's okay. 
Um, have you recently been reading a bisexual book? Because I just finished the subtweet, and that was by a trans author, and I think it was low-key bisexual, but it was about like two women having this really intense friendship. But I really liked it. I read it like just two days ago. Um, so I'm reading a, a book about um, one of the characters who's bisexual at the moment called They Both Die in the End by Alden Adam Silvera, mm-hmm. uh, which sounds really cheery. Um, I'm not quite finished it, but I have been told that, spoilers, they do both die in the end. Yeah, I read the Wikipedia page uh, for my research, <laughs> and it was basically like, they get a text basically saying you're going to die at the end of the day, use your time wisely. Yeah, so if anybody's seen the Minority Report, it's a little bit like that in the minority report movie there's like a thing that tells people when someone's about to commit a crime it's a similar thing there's a system so that everybody knows when their last day is yeah um, so they can make the most of their last day so um i'm one of the things i do i'm an lgbt plus activist in leeds uh, and one of the several things that i run is a book club um we particularly read queer books Mm -hmm. Uh, and we actually have found that there's a lot more books with bi plus characters in it than we expected but that they're not always explicitly stated as being bi plus so I think that's where things get a bit tricky Um, I like in They Both Die in the End um, they get around it really nicely because the two young men in it have to set up a profile because they're they're trying to find a last friend to spend the day with Mm -hmm. and one of them puts on their profile that they're bisexual it's very explicitly stated yeah. whilst being a really small part in the book and that's really nice. Yeah, because with the subtweet it was like one of the characters is talking about like queer theory and she's reading this article about bisexuality and that was like a small part but then it made me think oh maybe the character's bi and the character's also trans but that doesn't come up until like the middle of the book so I thought that was really nice especially because it's a book that's focused on friendship not romance the sexuality wasn't really a part of it but it was also kind of nice to have that recognized because then it makes you and then you you can like think that the character's bi if you want to and there is like some evidence because it's annoying when people are like oh well they could be bi and it's like if there's nothing queer in the whole book why would you be like oh they're a bi character just because I want them to be yeah or, or conversely if the only person that people that they've had relationships with in the whole of the book that's ever been discussed is people of the same gender as them mm-hmm. to then go oh but they, they might be bi well they might be yeah. or they might just be lesbian or gay which is brilliant as well but it's, yeah. it's nice to have something that makes it a little bit more explicit a little bit more this person is definitely bi or pan or yeah, I think that. it's good if they can like put it in in like a more subtle way but I think it's true what you're saying like sometimes it is harder to find things if it's not like explicitly marketed as like a buy book and like because sometimes you're just looking at blurbs and stuff and like when you're picking a book I think sometimes you just pick a book and then you're surprised to find that it is really gay which is like what happened to me with girl woman other I was like wait a minute everyone in this book is queer I love it I was like no one told me that what would you do on your last day before you died Oh, I, I don't know. Um, we discussed this at the book club. Um, mm-hmm. And I think most of us felt like we'd actually want to spend it maybe like quite a quiet day just with the people we love mm-hmm. and not go out and do, try and do everything that we've not managed to do. Just, um, I think one of my, my best friends put it best. She wanted to be at home with her wife and her dogs and just spending the day quietly with them. That's um, so beautiful. That, that sounds lovely. That's so cute. I want a wife and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream. Yeah, maybe yeah. I'll talk about Girl with a Woman Other. I've got it on my pile behind me because I didn't want to be rustling too many things. But have you read it? 
I have not read it, but I am aware that one of the BBC, BBC Radio, or it's on BBC Sounds. Yeah, they've done a, like a audio kind of, it's not audio. the entire book, but it's like... A little clips of it. I've listened to a little bit of that, but not a huge amount. I, I've heard that it's written in an interesting way that, um, yeah. like, the grammar isn't necessarily what you'd expect. It's a bit more free-flowing yeah. in the text. I heard an interview by the author, Bernard, Bernadine. Bernadine Aristo? That's the one. And she was talking about the way she'd written it. I'm actually tempted to get it on audiobook just to hear the flow of it a little bit better. I think it's a little bit like with poetry. I love poetry, but I love poetry spoken. Reading poetry on a page, I find it's almost like reading the words of a song without hearing the music that goes with it. Yeah, it makes them sound a bit flat sometimes. Yes. Okay, so there is punctuation and commas, but the line breaks, can you like see? Oh, yeah. And it is kind of, it's so, I think it's perfect how she's done it like that because there's 12 characters and there's so many storylines. There's literally like hundreds of storylines that weave them all together. And because it kind of drops you in and has this like poetic form, it's really easy to adjust to moving on to a new character because it's not like all this like laborious setting the scene, setting the character. They all feel very different because of like the thing she chooses to put in because it is like quite I don't know how to describe it they're all part of the same world and it's very obvious but then it does go back and forward in time and the details she picks up to like paint the scene are just great because you know sometimes if you're reading a book that has a few different characters it seems like such a clunky change when it changes from like one time to another whereas this I was really I love it it was so good and I can't wait to reread it. You know, when you finish a book and then you're like, oh, that's going to be so good to read again. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of the characters are queer and there is like a bisexual storyline where there's a woman who has been married to eight for ages and she like really loves her husband, but then she meets like a lesbian woman at church and they like begin this relationship. I think it was a really nice bi representation because it was like an older woman as well. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It's great. There is like some transphobia in the book though. So that is... No idea. Like, one of my favourite characters was, like, this queer woman called... I think she's called Dominique. And right at the end of the book, she's, like, saying all this really, like, trans-exclusionary, like, lesbian stuff. And I was just like, why did they make my favourite character transphobic? Like, I hate that. But it was kind of realistic, because, like, a lot of the women are, like, feminist in one way, but then kind of fail in other ways. I think it shows quite well how, like, queer people can actually be oppressive to other people. I think... It's a little bit like like books and movies. Sometimes biphobia, transphobia, other things like that, um, it can be really relevant to the storyline and, and good to show that this is what real life can be like. But it also gets a little bit much when that's all you see. So I think it's finding a nice balance. Yes. Do you want to tell me about The Colour Purple? Yes. So I was going to say, this is probably actually the first book I read that had um, any kind of bi-plus representation in it. And I didn't even know at the time. I read it when I must have been about maybe Mm 14-ish and I loved it then. So if you haven't heard of it, it's about a black teenage girl called Seely based in 1910, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has a really rough, really horrible life. It's, I mean, it has sexual assault in it. Mm -hmm. Um, She's married to somebody that she doesn't want to be married to at a very, very young age. I think possibly underage. Mm -hmm. And basically she's just seen as someone to keep house and have babies and that's that sort of a thing but it's it's also the story of her sexual awakening you know at some point in the book she falls in love with another woman and that woman teaches her that actually sex can be enjoyable for women and she she has a body too and 
um, it's it's a lovely that by the end of it things are happy for her. That's um, good. We love a happy ending in yeah, a queer book. It, it's dire for the first half, but there is there is hope in it. But the the woman she has a relationship with is called Shug, mm-hmm. and Shug also um, is in a relationship with Celie's husband. So she's a bisexual character, mm-hmm. though it's not explicitly stated. Um, but also Alice Walker, who wrote it. Um, she is also bisexual, was bisexual. Mm-hmm. So I um, I read this book and then I think it must have been a good 13, 14 years after that that I then came out to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was looking to find books with bi representation, I stumbled on the book again and just, yeah, I it made me love it even more. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the first books we read at the book club just because I really wanted to reread it. Um, that's so sweet I have such a bad memory I wish I could remember like the first book with like a queer character in that I ever read but I do remember when I was at school like a lot of the books that we would read in English lit they would always be making up reasons to say that it wasn't actually gay do you know what I mean like all the like oh well it's from the olden days and you can't put like modern labels on people and things like that because a lot or of they like, were just really good friends. Yeah, they're like they they were married for a hundred years, but they were friends. Because <laughs> a lot of the like war books that we read had like really strong like homoerotic like storylines. Like the men were literally like we're in love. Like I would die for you. Like really sexual, not even sexual, but romantic friendships that like were never legitimized in like the discussions that we were having in class and I also think like Shakespeare like has a lot of stuff that is super queer and that was always kind of oh no he did this as like this thought experiment because he does a lot he's written a lot of love poems about men and they were always like it's not gay and I really hated that because it's like it's shit like why can't you say that why can't you do a queer reading of something from the past it's not necessary to be like oh Shakespeare is gay it's just like a lot of queer like kids in school will want to do like a queer reading of something even if they don't fully understand that they're queer and it's just so shit that like teachers don't really let you explore that yeah. <sighs> one of the interviews that's going to be part of this mm-hmm. is the the LGBT Literature Festival that we're, we're sort of recording and this is part of mm-hmm. um uh, the interviews with a publisher who basically says to their authors why is this character why is this character black why is this character queer have you in your decision making process to make that person those things did you use the same decision making process to make this other character white and straight and cis and I think that's really interesting because in writing in this in in a similar way to reading you kind of automatically default or I I guess I do to this person is white straight and cis unless stated otherwise um yeah I don't know I so rarely skin color and orientation and things like that are so rarely depicted very explicitly in a way that the clothes and the hair color and the eye color might be you know they might spend ages talking about those kind of aesthetics but not really say things like like skin color or or something else yeah that's true yeah I recently read an Ali Smith book which is called artful which is basically about someone whose wife has died and they're like reading through stuff that the wife wrote before she died and never finished and I realised I don't think the main character is ever gendered. Because for the first half of the book, I was like, oh, this is a guy writing about his dead wife. And then the further I got through, I was like, this is incredibly lesbian to be, like, haunted by your ex-wife who was, like, an academic and, like, has now died and is, like, 
haunting you with her like writing <laughs> and then I just thought of, of it as like a lesbian story but I don't maybe if it's not important to the story books could just not gender characters so then readers can have the chance to like create that for the character to like reflect them personally I think it's so I'm thinking about JK Rowling and I wish I wasn't but I think <laughs> you know but- what? I was thinking exactly the same for example if somebody happened to say after a series of books was published that certain characters were gay or certain characters were black but it was never explicitly stated in them is that still representation if they don't say it yeah and i've read some like amazing like when i was on tumblr i read some really great things that were like harry could definitely be black and so could hermione like the only descriptions are given for hermione and mostly about like her hair and with harry they were like a lot of the descriptions are comparing voldemort's pale skin to like harry's skin so I think like there was stuff there that would make it like that those characters aren't white but then obviously when they made the films basically everyone in it is white and there's like one character who is black. There is quite a lot of like dodgy shit in Harry Potter that I'm only just realising like I read a lot of stuff about how the like people who work in the bank it's like really anti-semitic like the way they're portrayed. Can we have some good representation or just make it open to interpretation? Like I don't know why I started making that point. I'm just annoyed about Harry Potter at the moment. Oh, yeah, I think I could I could do a whole podcast on that and still not, and still have more to say. It's so shitty. Like, it's so sad because, like, queer people love Harry Potter and, like, I feel like any books about magic really attract queer people. Like, when I was a teenager, I was always reading books about, like, witches and magic and things like that and I just think that's so queer. So I really hate that she's basically, like saying all this horrible like transphobic shit now because like so many trans people like really related to those books and like identified with different characters and things like that so Mm -hmm. I'm hoping she doesn't like ruin the book for everyone but but also also the fandom because I know so many people who are usually into Harry Potter fan fiction and they have created their own stories or they've been drawn to these stories often who have characters who are now queer in it Mm. and that's also kind of spoiled for a lot of people and a lot of work not related to JK has gone into that and there's some beautiful stories but because of where it comes from that some people aren't even aren't comfortable um, engaging with that anymore understandably um, and I think a lot of people are finding it difficult you know do you do you cut off entirely or do you recognize that that's one person's views but the fandom is separate and it's, yeah it's very it's really tricky like usually when it's like conversations about like can we separate the author from the art or the creator from the art I'm really against that like especially when the person is still alive and profiting off it I don't watch Woody Allen films I don't want to watch Tarantino films like stuff like that um but then it's like if something's really important to you and really important to your queerness like a lot of people will harry potter is like so like momentous to them because they'll have been reading it like when they were like coming out or learning about themselves and like a lot of people read it when they were teenagers i don't know i think with a book it's kind of different because it is like an imaginary thing like she can't she doesn't own those stories effectively because especially with harry potter like there's so there's like a whole different world that's been built around it now and but then we should have never trusted her because she tried to like romanticize snape and he literally is the worst character in the book like yeah. he basically stalks lily and he is just a massive creep yeah <sighs> okay so hopefully moving on to happier things <laughs> what else have you been reading what are the what are the bible books do you have for me i've got the bibles which you said you had as well i read the second one first and then I read the first one but I think they're super great not the bible yes not the like 
Christian the, religious Bible. <laughs> not the real Bible. It's B-I-B-L-E. Um, but yeah, the anthologies are basically personal essays about queerness and bisexuality. And they're amazing. Like, I realized they're very much like all the like bi Facebook groups that I'm in where people just like post little stories and everyone's like, oh my god, yeah, I relate. There's so many different topics discussed in these books. I just really loved it. Just having so much bi content from like different kinds of people and different viewpoints in one place is just like amazing. I wish I had read this when I was like 15. I would have thought I was just completely normal for being bisexual. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I wish there was better representation of bi plus people in books. Um, I don't think there's enough representation of bi men and bi non-binary people, black and indigenous people, people with disabilities. There's, there's so much that we end up just seeing white cis women, I think, especially because they're often hypersexualized, though I think less in books that I've read anyway. Uh, more on film and television yeah. that an anthology has the ability to combine so many more voices in a way that shows a nicer kind of big picture single fiction books probably can't yeah one of my favorite ones from the first one is an essay that's about chronic illness and sex so it's called not like that like this by alice t and in that she basically speaks about being diagnosed with like a medical condition that makes sex really painful for her and how she is like navigated her sexuality and found like sex positive resources and stuff and I just thought that was so great like a lot of the things in here are super specific that's super useful because like I think I don't always just want to read like coming out stories there's another really good one about Janelle Monet, and I just love her so much so that was great and there's ones about being bi and non-binary and ones about being bi and trans it's like a super inclusive collection I think they did like a great job of editing it together and having like no nothing feels like samey in the book I just think they're so sweet it's like reading a diary entry some of the time like they're so personal I just think it's so nice that people have like a place to keep all those things and a lot of these people like maybe will have like a completely different viewpoint in like 10 years time do you know what I mean it's like a very much like contemporary kind of like picture of how queer people are feeling like a like a snapshot and it's amazing they did it i think they like crowdfunded the whole book so it's cool that they did they managed to do a second one as well yeah they're all just super relatable in a really nice way and there's stuff from like older people and younger people so i think like a lot of people would enjoy reading them and you can just dip in and out and also they have trigger warnings on the different essays which i really like i don't know about you i find especially during lockdown I wanted lighter things. I don't really want anything that's too heavy. Um, so that's, yeah, having content warning is always really helpful. Yes. Saying that, the other book I want to talk about is In the Dream House, which is about, like, emotional abuse. But I didn't actually find it as horrible to read as I thought. I did avoid reading it for a while because I was worried that it would be triggering. But I think it's written in a super sensitive way, especially because it's, like, basically an autobiography. Like, she's writing about her own experience. I, I think she must have thought a lot about how to write a book about abuse that isn't going to be super triggering to, like, other survivors. But yeah, I love that book. I thought it was great. And it's also another really interesting one because it's written in every chapter is a different style. It's kind of like snapshots rather than, like, a beginning, middle, end. And I think that means you can dip in and out of it a bit more easily. Like, if you weren't in the place to read it you could just read a couple of chapters and then leave it for a while i think that's really nice yeah i want to read her, bo her body and other parties but i'm too scared oh i think I, I think i started that i think i got a kindle sample and and read most of that um i because i obviously i run a book club so most of the books i read are for book club mm -hmm. i'm quite a slow reader often i haven't actually read the full book before book club yeah um 
So I find dipping into other books more difficult and I, I often end up just reading the, the Kindle snapshot at the beginning. Thank you. That's reminded me that I want to go and read that book. I love it. I think she's an amazing author and she talks specifically about like how her being bisexual impacted like I don't know how to phrase this I remember when I went to the like bisexual day thing that you did like a couple of years ago and you were saying all these like stats about how like bisexual women are much more likely to be in an abusive relationship and she does a really good job of like explaining like the nuances of the fact that she's bi because her partner like part of the emotional abuse is her like assuming that she's like cheating on her with like everyone she speaks to like Mm -hmm. The abuse is informed by biphobia and like when she has left the relationship and she starts dating men and men are like crossing her boundaries and like not listening to her I think it is clear that it's like threaded through the story yes and it's like a very specifically about being like a bisexual survivor of emotional abuse and that's like a really niche story but then I think everyone should read it because it's just like there aren't stories about like queer abusive relationships and she kind of writes the whole thing at the end being like I know that there needs to be more work done on this topic and she lists like loads of resources about abusive relationships that are queer. It's amazing she did that work because I imagine that was very hard and like I can't imagine like trying to write a book about your own experiences of abuse like that is a lot to deal with but I also am just like super thankful that she wrote that book because like it's going to be super important to a lot of people. I I mean you you say it's niche but there's so many people so many bi people that things like that happen to me that it's, yeah, I'm sure it's had a huge impact on a lot of people's lives. It's so sad, but I think the reason she's written it in these, like, fragments, I think it's partially because it is so hard to, like, create a narrative around abuse because it's so confusing a lot of the time, like, especially emotional abuse. Like, it's very hard to process and understand and fit into a narrative because abuse doesn't really make sense. So I think the way the book's written, like, refe- reflects what it's about it's really good it has a really good mini chapter about gaslighting as well that like fully explains what gaslighting is because i think a lot of people see that word like on social media and stuff and don't really understand what it means and i i I do understand what it means but i actually find it difficult to explain i feel like it's easy to explain easier to explain with examples but if you're having a quick conversation with someone and you're just wanting to do it this is what gaslighting can be really difficult to get that across i think it's it's such a heavy topic such a small word yeah i think it's good like we're like because of her other book as well like she's actually writing like queer horror which is like a really cool genre i think and it's kind of similar to like roxane gay who i really like have you read difficult women i have not no you might like that it's like a collection of short stories and some of them are literally like three pages long but some of them are really creepy i don't really like horror but i really like roxane gay so i was like i'm gonna read it just not at bedtime My, my other book that I've had, that again, I've actually only just finished, um, I listened to on audiobook. It oh, was yeah. An Absolutely Remarkable Thing by Hank Green. Yeah. Uh, this was a very strange book. Um, I think it's probably best described as sci-fi. Yeah, um, I read the like plot synopsis and I was like, this sounds so wild. Like so many things happened in like the first two sentences. I was like, I could not read this book. I wouldn't be able to keep up. <laughs> I think it worked really well on audiobook. So the main character, April May, is walking home one evening after work and finds a giant metallic statue um, and then ends up doing a YouTube video about the statue, which she calls Carl, and then like the next day is plunged into celebrity because it turns out there's something like 50 of these Carls 
all over the world and they've just appeared and they're like scientifically improbable for various reasons. I think they hover slightly above the ground oh my and God. what they're made of isn't anything that's been found on Earth. And it just kind of gets stranger from there. But if you put all of that to a side, um, <laughs> the main stuff is her celebrity and how she kind of goes to being, you know, everyone wants to interview her. She's now created a YouTube persona. She's now almost like branding herself as a, making herself into a brand. Not like branding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, she's sort of making herself into a brand of April, May, April, maybe not, the, the, brand that she has on her YouTube channel and she is bisexual Um, at the beginning of the story she's in a relationship with another woman and there's this scene where she's in a conversation with the person who's becoming her agent and the agent says "Mm, that's quite difficult to explain so can we just say that you're a lesbian and it's mentioned a couple of times she's obviously attracted to women there's there's bits where there's discussions and she might be attracted to some of the male characters as well and so it's not a huge part of the plot, but I thought that conversation was very interesting because there's so many times I see celebrities coming out as bisexual and it being said things like, oh, they're only saying that because they've got a new album coming out. They're only saying that because they've got a new film. People saying, oh, I've always, you know, I was, I've always been bisexual, but, you know, my agent told me I shouldn't come, come out as that and that would be really difficult. And I think we see that in celebrity and I've never seen it in a book um, until this one. Uh, and I thought it was really interesting to see that in there. Yeah, there's a lot of times I see a headline that's like, ex-celebrity has came out as gay, and then I click on it and I read the article and I'm like, they've actually come out as a bisexual, and all of their comments that you're quoting in this article are them saying that they're bisexual, but yeah. you keep saying that they're gay. <laughs> like... Or an article where somebody has come out as bi, and I know I shouldn't read the comments, but I do. Oh no, because... hell hole there, don't go there. Yeah, um, but I read them and it's so many people saying, oh, why should we care? Who cares? This is like, well, actually, I care. It's nice to see that representation. Um, as well as being an, a really interesting sci-fi book, um, it also had a little queer nuances in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should read the subtweet because it's so good. It's basically about these two musicians and then one of them like goes viral and becomes super, super famous. There's a lot of discussions about like originality because the person who got super famous has done like covers of the other's music. So the original songwriter isn't popular at all, but then the person who did the cover becomes like mega famous. And it's really cool. And it's also a book about like tweeting and cancel culture that like isn't really cringe. Cause I think I saw it before and I didn't buy it. Cause I was like, oh, I don't want to read like a book about Twitter. That's going to be like, you know, when something is already out of date by the time it's published because yes. internet culture just like moves on so quickly. But I think this made a lot of sense. And like all the tweets did feel real. It wasn't like, oh no, this is what, someone thinks people are acting like on Twitter, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was really good. I think that's it, that's all the books. It's time for me to read your tarot. Do you believe in tarot? Um, not so much. Uh, I am a little bit cynical. That's okay. Uh, but I'm interested to hear what you say. I'm the kind of person that reads a horoscope and thinks, mm, there's no sign behind this, this isn't real. Oh, look, that's interesting. Maybe that maybe that will happen today. Probably <laughs> the worst kind of person, sorry. That's okay. Okay, I'm just going to pick you one card. Is there anything in particular that you'd like to, like, that you'd like to think about? Or anything in your life that you want to know more? Um, oh, all the big things are coming up. I don't know. Um, you can keep it a secret if you want. Okay. That's okay. Okay, I haven't done a reading for someone else for ages. 
I hope I get you a good one. Okay, it's the Two of Cups. Mm. Cups are all about emotions. I basically think of them as like the water signs of the tarot. So it says, twos are about balance and duality, and that is especially clear in the cups. This card is often used to indicate a relationship that is right. It's balanced, it's romantic, and that person could be your other half. Beyond that though, this signals finding balance while recovering from emotional trauma or burnout. Here we see you've bounced back and you're falling in love with life all over again. This likely means that you've found your emotional center, even if it feels like everything is falling apart. Wow, you're doing great. Does that make I'm assuming sense? this is post-litched festival when I'm, I'm getting <laughs> over the burnout of. Yeah, a lot of stuff in this book is talking about like activism and like burnout and things like that. Let me see if there's anything else for the two. You're in a nurturing relationship. Basically, this is about like having a great relationship. So that's good for you. I wish I had that. The love and spirit we've been giving to those people is reciprocated fully. You feel safe, supported and loved. For some of us, it might be the first time that we've experienced that. This card is so wonderful for seekers that don't have the support of their given family or who are shunned for being different. It's also important for those who have shared intense bonds over shared queerness. Yeah, this is a queering the tower. This is a queer specific book. Yes, it's queering the tower. Just happened to hit on all the queer stuff on that one card. No, it's the queering the tower book. Okay, yeah, basically you found like an amazing partnership, and sometimes it could be romantic, and sometimes it's like a a different kind of partnership. But yeah, I'm glad I got a positive one for you. I was thinking about uh, my mental health because um, I tend to keep myself very busy with projects and. That's not always the best for me. Sometimes I do burn out a little and I have been finding lockdown difficult as well. Um, So I was thinking I wonder what the future will be like for my mental health. But I've also been really lucky because my partner moved in just before lockdown and they've been super supportive of me taking on too many projects and also helping recognise when when I'm struggling with my mental health. So that's, yeah, that's pretty spot on actually. Yes, the tarot never fails. (laughs) obviously me and Olivia live together and like it's been so good for us like we're we're a great pair I always say like we live in perfect harmony and like I'm so happy that I've been in lockdown with her because if I was alone in lockdown I know my mental health would be suffering so much like I find it really hard to deal with difficult things alone and like because we're living together like we're always checking in on each other and it's just like so nice to be in this situation with someone who like really cares about you I think it's it's important to recognize like people who are supporting us perfect Terry. now it's time for your bisexual agenda the floor is yours first of all is uh we've already mentioned this bi plus characters that could be read as bi um so the amount of times i've read books or had discussions with people um, about books where the whole book they've been in relationship or talked about relationships with people of only one gender um which is completely fine to be bi mm. and only being relationships with people of one gender but there's no there's nothing that explicitly states that they are bi mm-hmm. so why would you say oh but this character could be read as bi when there is nothing that reads yes. bi in it at all especially because bi people love talking about being bi yeah absolutely like, they love <laughs> talking about it's very unlikely that they will not have used that label at some point in all of the discussions in yeah. all of the books or at least been talking about like by culture, like by celebrities that they're obsessed with, like their crushes. Like. You, you don't even have to have, like in the book we were talking about earlier, where they literally state that bisexual is on their profile. Yeah. You know, that is a very, very explicit way of saying that. But there's other ways that are much more subtle to get that into storyline. Yeah. It would not be that difficult. But 
Um, I have I have heard authors talk about not wanting to put it too explicitly in case it affects their readership, um, and I just I think that's really sad. Um, so and I guess sad. the converse of that, which I'm I'm going to stick it as the same point, would be characters that read as bisexual, but they're kind of stated as being lesbian um, or or gay and. Again, that's fine, but it would just be nice to get a little bit more bypass representation that is dated as being bypass. Yes. Uh, so many queer people read books about straight characters and we still read them, we still relate to those people. Like, I don't think people are going to literally slam a book shut and refuse to read it if one of the characters is bi. And you might actually open people's eyes to what it is like to be bi. Maybe it will lessen people's annoying stereotypes about bi people if they have maybe read a book that was about a bi person. Though, though that does lead me on to my second agenda item, which is bisexual trope. Oh um, god, yes. I think this is probably more film and TV related, but I do still see it in books. Um, and literature is the stereotypes around bisexuals. Bisexual women are hypersexualized. Bisexuals of all genders are promiscuous. Um, bisexual men don't exist all of these you just see so often it's just nice to see good representation positive representation of bipolar people without having to fall back on that i had a series of books that i absolutely fell in love with i think i was on about book 40 of the series and not a queer series um but there were the occasional queer characters in it mm-hmm. um it was really interesting it was sex worker positive uh, I felt like it was quite a feminist book. It was really, really good. And then in the last book that I read, they had, I think they had two characters who were bisexual who were murdered. And that was literally, I mean, it was a homicide detective story, but they were the murder victims. And then it had the killer was a character who dressed as different genders as a, a way to not be recognized um, as a disguise. And there was a discussion around whether this person could be transgender and the language used was vile considering this book was set quite far in the future and is so positive on other things it was just really sad to see them falling back on these tropes instead of actually going deeper and having well-rounded characters who aren't killed off or i'm trying to remember the name of a book who's the gay guy that's in sherlock is it mark gattis yes okay right so There's a book by Mark Gattis that I read um, called The Vesuvius Club, and there's... Oh, I've heard of that. It's hugely transphobic. Like, at the end of the book, the villain is, like, revealed to be really a man and has been, like, pretending to be the super seductive woman to, like, manipulate gay men and... It's so fucked. Like, especially coming from, like, a gay author, like, it was literally horrible. The the twist at the end of the book should not be, oh, this woman's secretly a man. Like, that is just horrendous. Like, it was so bad. And I felt just so annoyed. I felt, like, tricked into reading the book, being like, oh, this is good queer representation because it has a gay man as the protagonist. But yeah, super transphobic. Do not read that book. And yeah, it's, there's, like, I think they call it bury your gaze, don't they? Like, the trope yeah. of killing killing off queer characters and it's so or having sad them as murders. It, yeah yeah having them be murdered or be murderers like i really want to write like an essay about um how bisexuality is often shown as like a trait of like mental instability for like villainous characters like there's a lot of films or tv shows where there's like a bisexual woman who is like super manipulative and evil and kills people but also like has sex with everyone in the show and i really hate it like yikes 
I'm trying to find you. So there's there's somebody on YouTube called oh I'm not sure if I have to pronounce this. Mm, okay, hang on. Jessica Kelgren Ozard. Okay. Um, you can send me a link. Who is absolutely amazing. I love their videos so much. But they they do a video that is basically about the the Hayes Code, which is why yes, um, yes, yes. loads of books, uh, sorry, loads of movies. Um, couldn't have queer characters but if they did have queer characters they had to show that it's not good to be queer and they have to get their you know comeuppance for being queer and that's kind of where a lot of these tropes stem from yeah. so the only way you could, could show somebody was if they then died in the end yeah very phase or if they were the villain and ended up in prison or yeah. something like that I think that has had such a huge impact on films, TV, and literature. Yeah, and also just the way that straight people think about queerness. Because I remember, like, I'm I'm not really out to my parents, and I was like at a dinner party that my parents were having with some of their friends, and their friends were being like, "Oh, I I would be fine if one of my kids came out as gay, but I would know that they were gonna have a hard life because of it." And it's like, yeah, like obviously queer people face like homophobia and violence and oppression, and that is very real but queer people have the right to live like happy lives and it's not a like stamp that means oh your life is gonna suck from now on like you're gonna suffer endlessly it's so depressing and like that's why people have a lot of fear around their kids being gay or trans because they're like i want to protect them but then that turns into them actually making their kid feel super alone and isolated because they don't actually causing more damage by trying to have them not be queer and yeah. not be out it sucks so much and it's like this is why people don't want to be visibly queer this is why people feel concerned about coming out i don't want to tell someone i'm bisexual and then they think oh she must have suffered and have such a terrible life like (laughs) fuck that like (laughs) no it's great to be gay like i love it so yeah i think we need we need books where the queer people aren't villains and i could also do a whole podcast about disney villains being queer coded because that is like a very real thing and i think like people are kind of reclaiming that now because like a lot of the villains are like super iconic and like funny but it is really depressing to me that especially bisexual women are portrayed as like evil monsters who have no soul and no conscience and just want to like destroy everyone's relationships and also kill them yeah i think my first two Two points can be summed up as more representation explicitly done, but positive. Yes. Give us, like, good bisexual representation. Is it too much to ask? Like, we don't need another book about some straight man getting divorced and hating his wife. Like, that's enough. We've had enough of it. Um, and then my third point was, I have a lot of discussions when when deciding which books we're going to do for the book club of, do we want books that are, it's about them being and the whole storyline like you said before is it's them coming out it's them having discussions around their bisexuality that is the main theme of the book or do we want characters that are incidentally bi it's real real life or not so real life like fine fantasy and horror mm-hmm. but it just happens to have bi characters in it and to be honest I want both yeah. um, because I'm really like that and I like lots of different types of books to read I want I think there is definitely a need for those books about the issues um, yeah. I think especially for for educating people or for people to try and find that connection of there's other people like me going through similar things yeah. that's really nice to have the deep in-depth this is what bisexuality and pansexuality is like but I think I've reached the stage where I really just want to have 
characters they happen to be by, but there's a really good storyline other than that happening there. Yes, I'm going to Google it. I think actually the three books that I picked um, happen to be that. They are really good stories in themselves, but they happen to be by things happening in them, by characters. Have you heard of Gabby Dunn? I have not, no. She's bisexual. She has a podcast called Bad With Money, which is about like financial literacy, I guess, but she does it in like a really cool political way. Um, But she has some novels and I think they're like YA kind of thing, but she is bi and I think the books have like gay storylines. There's one called Bury the Lead. I think it's like a bisexual thriller almost, but it's YA. I'll link it. Yeah, I think she's super cool and funny. And I think her books probably fall into that character of, category of like, oh, the characters are queer, but it's not about queerness. And I know what you mean. It's like, we do need both because the reality is like, it is a big deal to come out. It is a big deal to not be straight. And like navigating your sexuality when you're not straight is something that massively affects your life and like affects how you view things. But also, yeah, especially for like young queer people, I the most popular gay books that you like find if you do Googling, like they're all very sad. I don't want young queer people to only read like gay trauma. Like we deserve happiness and like fun trash. Another good book is um a very long way to a small angry planet. Have you? Read oh, that? I've just read that as well. Becky Chambers. I loved that book. I thought it was so cute. How one of the characters just happens to talk about her two dads, and it's never like there's no comment on that. It just she has two dads and they're in a relationship, and that's it. I fucking love that it book. Be. It's so cute. I love Doctor Chef. I'm obsessed with Doctor Chef. Yes. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, I read that. Like, there is a discussion in that book that I just think is beautiful. Um, It's two of the main characters who might get into a relationship, but they're having a very adult conversation about whether that's right for both of them Mm -hmm. because they might want different things and are they both consenting to what the other person wants? They're just being really open. Are they are they on the same page? And I just I think that's lovely, and I think that's that's not shown enough. It's discussions around consent and around. This is what one person wants, this is what the other person wants. Do the two gel together. I love it. I don't know if it was in your copy, but at the end of the book, the author has, like, written a thing that's, like, to any aspiring writers out there, like, you should go for it. I believe in you. I literally cried when I read it. I was like, that is so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. I love it. Yeah, that book was super cute. Yeah, it's like a spaceship with loads of queer people and aliens living on it. There's some drama, but it's, like, low-key drama. Yeah. I actually liked that it, it didn't seem to take everything too far. I think there was a lot of plot lines that could have gone absolutely, you know, everything blown up and gone really, really, really bad. And it never quite got that bad. And I thought that's that's nice. It didn't do the Hollywood thing of always having to have something worse and worse and worse and worse happen. I know what you mean. Because like, this is why... Things went wrong and they fixed them. Yeah, this is why I don't really like sci-fi movies because... It's always like the moon is about to explode and we have to save the moon in the next 24 hours. And like, yeah, I'm just like, I just want to see some lesbians in space. (laughs) (laughs) There should be more lesbians in space. They don't need to save the planet or anything like that. I also like the descriptions of food in the book because they had like alien food that was made up. And I just thought it was so cool that she included the descriptions of food in the book. Basically, I've just been reading loads of gay books in lockdown. The bookish type is like making so much money off me. I love it. I keep messaging them and saying, right, I want a book that's like lighthearted and 
and this and this and this and they just come back with a load of recommendations it's great they're great I want I want a book that has a character who has pronouns that aren't she he or they Mm -hmm. um but I want that character to not be an alien or a robot (laughs) what book would you recommend (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I do have some non-binary book representation, but I can't remember the name of the author. One of them's called Freshwater and one of them's called Pet. And Pet is like a graphic novel. Well, not a graphic novel, it's like a YA novel about like monsters and aliens and stuff, but the main character, it's non-binary. And then Freshwater, Freshwater is about someone who is non-binary but that they have like spirits and things okay i'm doing a bad job of describing this because i haven't read the book because i read like 10 pages and it was too scary for me like someone got ran over and they described it in like graphic detail and i was just like no thank you definitely be in the right the right mood or at least not in the wrong mood for that one I'm too squeamish. But yeah, if people have good, like, non-binary representation recommendations. I haven't really read any books about, like, queer men. I'm trying to... I'm reading um, Rainbow Milk at the moment, which is by Paul Mendes. And that has... I think that... I think one of the characters is bi and the other character is gay. And I'm really liking that so far, but I'm only a little bit of the way in. So I read a book a few months ago called Bump, and it's by somebody called Matthew Metzger. Um and oh i loved his book so much so the main character is a trans guy who accidentally falls pregnant and he's in a relationship with another guy and it's just a really amazing story and again not something i've really seen uh, discussed much in literature and it's kind of his conflict with the pair of them want to have a baby Mm -hmm. but he doesn't want to physically have have a baby so it was it was really interesting and then I contacted the author because That's I so run a literature cool. festival and I can do stuff like that. I know, this is why um, it's so good having a podcast. If I just find someone cool, I'm like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Yeah. <laughs> like... He did, he did a reading for me. Um, and his reading is just absolutely brilliant. But I totally fangirled and I was like, your books are so good. And I just wanted to keep messaging him and saying, oh, I've just reached this bit. And I thought, no, I have to be professional. It's like... But inside I was, I was, yeah, I was gushing over this book. Yeah, I'm super excited. You know the tarot that I just did for you? I'm having the author of the tarot book come on the podcast and I'm really worried I'm just going to cry because I'm like, I love her. (laughs) I think she's so amazing. And like me and Livy have like connected to the tarot book so well and we're always like, how does she know all this about us? Like she's a genius. And yeah, she's going to do my tarot reading and I think I'm just going to like burst into tears or something. I'm, I'm happy you're managing to live your dreams through the literature festival you deserve it you're doing all this hard work so it's good that you get to make friends with cool people yeah but yeah i'm making a list i'm making a list of all the bisexual books that people are recommending and i'm gonna put them in the episode notes i also found something that was like a hundred bisexual books you should read and i also found a wikipedia page of bisexual writers but they had angelina jolie on there and i swear she's never written a book i mean has she done an autobiography autobiography is that a memoir maybe i always forget which ways the autobiography if you write it for yourself yeah biography is someone else autobiography is you a memoir is autobiography, but something else? I don't know. Yeah. I think I call them memoirs because I always forget which one's which. Cool. But when we're done, I, I have more books that I can recommend. That's great. I'll add them on my list.